So obviously we got lots to talk about with the uh, the lonely ones here. And here's what I can't figure out, man. You knew what you were getting out of Tommy and Jimmy, but had you jammed with Jake a lot before? Because how the hell did you know those voices, your voice and his voice, were going to like go together so beautifully like butter melting on toast? <laughs> I, sometimes you luck out. You know? Sometimes you get a turd and sometimes you get you know the gold. And uh, I've had enough turds in my life. I think it was a new time that I uh, finally struck it rich with this one. This kid can play and sing, man. I mean, he's a, as far as a guitar player goes, it's like, man, he blows me away every day. How, how, how did you meet Jake? Um, he's a Columbus local musician. Um, he was in some pretty good bands um, when we were uh, in the other band. I don't know if you knew what other band we were in. Um, we were in a band called Bobo Flex. Yeah, yeah, he joined that band. Yeah, he joined Bobo Flex and just fit right in. I knew the day that he tried out. I was like, hey, I sit with an acoustic guitar. I said, sing this song with me. And he did, and I was like, okay, you're hired. Um, <laughs> and I knew, I knew he was a good guitar player, but I had no idea how good on guitar he was. Like, it was just one of those lucky things where he fit in, his sense of humor was strange enough to fit right in and, and his uh, skills on the vocals and on the guitar were unmatched man i almost feel like you're cheating you got like three and four part harmonies that's like ridiculous <laughs> in this day and age dude i grew up on bluegrass and my dad would have these big bluegrass sessions in west virginia and everybody could sing and and as a kid i was like well if you can't sing you can't be in the band bands like pink floyd and the eagles and stuff was, you know bands that i really loved as a kid and you know, even the cars had two singers in the band so to me it was just always a natural natural thing it's like if you can't sing i mean you're, <laughs> you know you're not bringing what we need to the table this is a this is a tough game we got to have every every weapon in the arsenal everybody must multitask absolutely that's the music industry these days yeah especially these days and it's crazy the timing how things happen as far as forming the band in 19 and then launching it right when the pandemic happens but i mean it just goes to show you how bad you want it and and how you keep providing content it's it kind of worked out to your benefit a little bit a little bit yeah that's um the the joke is um hey guys this is our first hurdle if we can make it over this we can get over anything welcome to the struggle right? <laughs> well i knew i knew you were going to be off to a good start with the self-titled song the lonely ones like anyone who's badass enough to do a self-titled song a la black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> if they're Iron Maiden, and you're like, okay, these guys are for real. They got it going on. Just kind of fell into place. It's like, uh, you know, we got together, um, basically Boba Flex minus my brother. And we all just decided that, you know, we wanted to continue playing music. Um, my brother retired to be home with family, um, which was a very honorable move with the rest of us. We're like, ah, I'm not done doing this. So yeah, we wanted to shake everything off and do um, come out brand new and kind of move it in a different direction. And everything's just kind of, I mean, besides, you know, COVID-19 and, and the, everything that's going on. In the, in, the, in the world right now. Um, musically, it's been a blast and a lot of fun and just feels really natural. I'm sure uh, your uh, heart must have skipped a beat or maybe even even a little wet yourself a little bit when you're getting kudos from Brian May of Queen and great job on the Flash cover. And talk about that, <laughs> man, was, that moment and receiving that news, dude. Come on. It was... I still get giddy. Like I was like, okay, we'll do this Flash Gordon cover because everyone's doing covers. So let's do something really crazy so that you know we kind of stand out and let everybody know that we're serious business. Jimmy was like, let's do Flash Gordon. I was like, are you out of your mind? He was like, oh, it'll be great. I was like, uh, he finally took him about an hour to talk me into it. We made these little jokes like, well, you know, people are going to watch this video because they're going to think what a crappy train wreck this is. So we have to do a very good job because we're going to get most of the views by people waiting to see us fall on our face trying to. <laughs> <laughs> a Queen song, and then we were like, you, "You'll be crazy if Brian May saw it." 
And we never thought it would happen. It's like, yeah, that would be crazy. Shona O'Donnell, who is our uh, PR, she's amazing, by the way. Yeah, um, I love her. She got it to him. She got it to him in, in his hands. And she, she called up, like, super excited. She's oh, my God, Brian May liked it. He loves it. And I still, to this day, wake up every morning like, well... Only downhill from here. <laughs> what, I don't know what else could happen. Ever, I've been asked what cover are you going to do next. I go, I don't know. I think we. I think that's it. I think that's all. You, I mean, you know, you do a clean cover, and Brian May accepts it. It's like let's, you know, we can focus on other things now. That like we can scratch that off the list. Yeah, we moved to musicals or something completely different now. <laughs> you know, I'm curious about the uh, about the flash thing, uh, the cover, the little. Uh, sound effects movie drops in there were those og or did you guys all re-record that stuff oh we did it ourselves that's what i thought it and i but that must have been one of the most funnest parts of doing it not that that's a word funnest isn't a word but one of the more uh challenging and fun parts about doing that cover well, I've seen the movie so many times that uh, Tommy and I, like, we, that's what we would do on the bus. It was a code for, okay, it's time for everybody to leave when Flash Gordon came on. So we'd just sit down <laughs> if there were fans on the bus and stuff. And we're like, okay, we're tired. And, and, you know, we're really nice guys. We'd just really zone out on Flash Gordon. It'd take about 10 minutes before the people go, okay, I see that you guys are into this. And they would leave. So we knew every word and every line. And we could have used the samples and stuff, but it was just way more fun to do it ourselves. I mean, I, I was like, no way. I want to do, I want to do these voices. I want to do Ming, I want to do that. Jimmy's like, I want to do faster. And we had a friend of ours, Ronnie Hunter from the Blitz. She came in and did the female voices. And it was just a lot of fun. And, and you know, everybody knows that movie. A, a lot more people know that movie and that song than I thought. Once we put it out, there's people came out of the woodwork like, oh my God, it's one of my favorite movies. I always argue with people and they go, it's cheesy. I go, you're cheesy. You're wrong. It's not cheesy. <laughs> it's one of the greatest movies ever made. And I will stand by that until the day I'm dead. Well, I think I think Ted kind of brought it back in the zeitgeist a little bit a few years ago, too. He did. He made me realize that there was people out there just like me. I'm not alive. <laughs> hey, one other uh, sci-fi thing that we wanted to, uh, had to touch on with you, and no spoilers, I think I'm two or three episodes short of being done with The Mandalorian, but how great is that, dude? I haven't started The Mandalorian yet. Oh, uh-huh. Dude. I mean, I have Disney Plus and everything. I haven't started it yet. Um, I've been kind of... What's the other one I've been watching? Oh, The Boys is outrageous. Um, the I haven't Garden, seen that one uh, yet. Graphic novel. Oh, it's really good. Um, there's a, Utopia is really good. I haven't started The Mandalorian and I haven't seen Cobra Kai yet. I'm behind. Uh, I, I was late like you, but I just got into it to, uh, in January. Matter of fact, I just started Mandalorian. You're going to love it. And Cobra Kai, is that's the best thing on TV right now. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. That's yeah. like, it's good. <laughs> Netflix is saving us in our in our uh, Amazon apocalypse. Speaking of TV, a little bit, I wonder if the new tune changed the station. I, I hope it's more TV inspired than radio inspired. But what can you tell me about the new tune coming? <laughs> well, so I'm from West Virginia. Um, I, I'm a redneck at heart. You know, I, I I'm very liberal, but you know, I know how to. I own a gun, and sitting back and watching both sides act like we're the enemy of each other is very bizarre to watch. For one side to say, you know, the Democrats, this and that, and they're going to ruin the country. And the other side, these guys are going to ruin the country. It's, it's just very bizarre to watch how split everyone is down the middle and how fight to the death they are about things. And it's like, look, here's what's going to happen. Your taxes are going to go up a little bit. This is going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's happened every four to eight years. It shifts from one side to the other. And it's like, how do we get so extreme? How have we been so radicalized? I hate to sound lame, but it's like I, I got to blame it on social media, I think, yeah. um, that the country so split and divided and the people are talking about civil wars over over some policy changes that are you know they were never going to help you anyway 
Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, from West Virginia, and I, I see these people, you know, that live in trailers with holes in the floor, and they're talking about their Republicans and conservatives. I'm like, no, you're not. Or, or the, vice versa. It's like you know, the extremes of both sides have, are the ones with the loudest voices. And it's like most of Americans are in the middle. But then you add social media in, and you add the you know, fear mongering, and, and you can't trust a mainstream media. Yeah, you can. It, you, you absolutely can. It may be biased one way or the other, but it is based in fact and evidence. It was just wild to watch friends that I had known for years, you know, claim they were going to kill me over what party I voted for. And I was like, this is bizarre. This reminds me that I've never seen anything like it in my life. And I've, you know, I've always been into politics and, and, and watched everything very closely. And it's just like, guys are going to kill each other over some, some millionaires that don't know your name. Yeah, it's dumb. Completely dumb. <laughs> You know what? You know, I think I've, I think the problem is is a we're out of problems, and b we take for granted what you do in, in music and what I do on my side of music. We both have really big creative outlets where we're constantly creating and problem solving, and I think a lot of people don't have that in their daily lives, and that's why they try to live it elsewhere on social media and with politics and everything and, else. And COVID created this perfect yeah. storm where people, whether people say they believe that it's a hoax or not, which it's not. I, you know, no. I have people that are in the ground. Unfortunately fortunately did not make it through their COVID diagnosis. Um, but you have, whether they, they agree with it or not, or think it's fake or not, they're inside, they're subliminally, they're scared. And they're looking for someone to blame. They're looking for a way out. And it's created this perfect storm where we're isolated. Isolation is not good for us. No. Um, you know, I know this. I, I keep a pretty positive attitude and start noticing, like, how, you've been in your rope for three days and your hair's messed up. you got a beard now. Uh, something's <laughs> off. Something's off here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shower two days, uh, you know, and I'm like, no, oh, everything's fine. It's like it's not good for people, and it's caused this. To pick the sides, he's choosing teams, and, and it's like it just doesn't make any sense. The tribalism is, is wild. It's like we start hitting each other's machetes if, if you know we don't shake it, we don't snap out of it. For sure, I don't want to go too deep into the weeds in that, and I, lo- I love to just stay music focused and love the escapism of music. <laughs> No, sorry about that. I took you down the wrong. wrong let's, let's get back to the, the hard hitting questions. Like I know, for instance, you like me are a cat lover. Have a cat tattoo. Why no cat? Why no cat tune? Why not something you know like did it all for the catnip or something catchy like that? I mean, it doesn't have to be new metal, <laughs> but you know something to give cats some love. So I had an idea of doing a video. It was us in a video, but it was all our cats, and they had wigs on and dressed like us. <laughs> I'm like, that video? I said, if we can pull that off, that'll be the first YouTube video that gets over a billion plays in a year. Now now you just need a cat-themed tune to go along with it, I think. <laughs> I mean, I do love cats. They are wonderful creatures. And people that say that they don't like cats, I don't trust them. 100%. And if cats don't like you, there's something wrong with you. Something yeah. wrong with you. Cats are independent. Not my cats. My cat will not leave me alone. He follows me everywhere. He sleeps on my neck. He's furthest thing from independent. Uh, it's a, <laughs> he's the exact opposite of independent. Is your is your cat almost like mine, like half dog, will play fetch and stuff with you? Absolutely. So my, what I, ha- I have a Maine Coon. Um, oh, God. Yeah, they're a wonderful breed, and then they talk a lot, and they attach themselves to you, and he'll get in the shower with me. And I don't see him as a like, This sounds We do sound like crazy cat people, but I don't see him as a cat. I see him as a peer. Like, if I'm eating food, he's like, want to check it out? I go, yeah, sure, check it out. See if you like it. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> you know, whatever he's doing. I, I just, I treat him like a peer, like a, like a friend. You know, instead of like, he's my pet and he's so cute. I go, no, you know, he lives here. This is partly his house. 
Yeah. Get out of his way. He's, he's busy. He's doing something. Leave him alone. I just got to figure out a way for them to start paying rent. Dude, that's my only problem with them, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, rent's expensive around here. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Need the he, he would work if he could. Need to pay the bills some way, somehow. You know, I also want to say... <laughs> At night. He makes hamburgers late at night. You could turn that into well, maybe the, quite a job. Maybe that YouTube video will p- pay off and, and bring in some money that way one day. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> video of cats and make their little mouth move. Billions of views tomorrow <laughs> morning. Hey, I have to say congrats on the uh, new record deal. And how funny is it that Morgan Rose is your A&R dude? Like the guy that takes you out on tour a billion years ago. Now you're A&R guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, Morgan's one of our heroes, one of the best. Have you heard his solo album? Yeah, I wanted to bring that up too, he dude. Can, man, he can sing. I mean, I always knew, you know, he's one of the best drummers. He's just a phenomenal drummer. And, you know, he, he sang in Seven Dust and did some of the yeah. some of the heavier vocals and stuff. You know, when his new record came out, I was like, awesome, man. I've been a fan of Morgan for a long time. And I heard the first, uh, first single. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this sounds like the Beatles and Muse together. And his voice is like, I, I played it for my friends and didn't tell anybody. They're like, who is this? I'm like, that's Morgan Rose. I'm like, no way. It just blew me away. No idea the guy could sing. He's like, if he starts acting, I'll be like, stupid triple threat. <laughs> what a beast. And they've been doing all those Seven Dust live streams. I saw the one earlier in the month when they did Animosity in its entirety, which was yeah. sick. My favorite album from them. It was so cool to see. One of the best live bands ever to walk the planet. Yeah. Um, they easy. taught us everything. They inadvertently taught us everything. We went on tour with them three different times and, and just took notes on everything. And, and, and somehow it got better live. Uh, I won't say we stole some tricks, but I'm just going to say we got better after touring with them. Yeah, dude, they're the model of consistency and, and just being road dogs like the road kings for so many years. And such good songs. And, and those guys, I mean, everybody in that band can sing. Yeah. Um, yeah, right? That's yeah, a great wild. point. Yeah, it's wow. Vinny sings? I don't know if I've ever heard Vinny sing. He's got more of a country twang, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of this uh, new uh, record deal, does that mean there's an album coming, or are we just going to do the singles thing since there's no touring right now? What's the what's the game plan? Let's talk a little music industry shop. Um, we have 17 songs recorded. You know, in this day and age, it's like, it's a singles game. It seems like to me it's back to being a singles game. And if we release an album, all at once it's like then where do we go from there we, we can't go tour on this album so I, I'm not 100% sure what um, Imagine's game plan is but I would assume that it would be you know a single coming out every four to you know three to five weeks or something like that until the EP's ready I, I think that's I mean that's what I would do um, just because it keeps you relevant on social media and, and something new like all these drags every couple weeks that's what I would assume we haven't really dug into what's happening yet we just got into it and it's like here's the first single here's the video February 5th it's coming out and we'll, and we'll keep moving forward that way um but they're pretty slick pretty smart cats over there so um you know we'll, we'll find out here pretty soon but i would say yes probably singles until the ep's out and then you know if they if they're awesome we'll continue together on out through the through the rest of the the rest of the career hopefully interesting to see hear you say ep like i would think with 17 songs you, that sounds like a double album not an ep <laughs> Well, we have 17 songs recorded. We're not quite sure, like I said, with, with Imagine, the way super artist-friendly deal, and they, they want to put out an EP, but we have 17 songs to choose from, um, and we're not stopping anytime so we can continue recording. There's nothing else to do. Record, 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 <laughs> rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you about that, too, a little bit now with, with uh, Boba still 
technically it, it is a band. Obviously, you know, the focus is on the, the lonely ones now. But when it comes for you and, and songwriting, do you have a certain line drawn in the sand in your head mentally? Like, oh, that's a Bobo riff and this is a lonely ones? Or is it kind of just the next song up is the next song out of you? Well, um, I would say the reason why things sound so much different, I think they sound different. Um, I'm sure there's little, I'm sure that you can see some, you know, some bubble flex in there. Um, but Jimmy and Jake, they're way more vocal and way more, a lot more of their influences are coming into play now that they're original members of this band. So it's just kind of moving in that direction where I used to be total control freak and take care of everything and watch every little move that was made. And I'm letting that go a lot and kind of letting the younger guys have, you know, push more of their influence a little more modern style coming in. Yeah, I mean, the way we write is usually we start from the chorus out. Start if it's a good enough chorus to keep moving forward with it, then, then that gets the attention. But those guys are bringing definitely different styles and, and the type of music that they're listening to and, and things that they grew up on are, are definitely uh, rearing their heads into what kind of sound we have moving forward. And I'm totally cool with it. I, I'm really enjoying just kind of like, wow, that, that's totally different. And I would have never thought of that. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> enjoying letting, letting the reins go a little bit. Yeah. Not too much. <laughs> I still got rope burn. When I let the reins go, it burns my hands a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely a lot of fun seeing those guys and uh, bringing their influence and, and seeing how excited they are because they're original members from the beginning. It's their name on the line as well. It's been a lot of fun, and I, I feel like they brought a way more modern feel to everything. Well, Marty, I appreciate all the time and wanted to talk, you know, talking about uh, influences a little bit. I wanted to go back in time and talk with you a little bit about specifically one band break it down and, and get your thoughts opinions maybe when you first discovered them how you discovered them what you love about them and it's certainly a band that you know of it's not going to be a band i'm going to mention you're going to be like oh i've never heard of this band but i'm bringing it up because right. i start my show for one of those old school radio stations that still does mandatory metallica Oh, the greatest band ever walked the planet. My very first concert that I went and saw was with Tommy. Tommy plays drums, of course. Um, I, Tommy and I have played together since I was 11 years old. And the very first concert I ever went to was Metallica and the Round the Black album. Man. And it was incredible. And they played for two hours, and, and their sound guy, I remember thinking that, I was like, this is the best sounding thing I've ever heard. And they were just on fire, and it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. I remember falling asleep to Injustice for All. I remember watching the world premiere one on MTV. Yes. Um, thought they were the coolest thing ever. They still are the coolest thing ever. Lars Ulrich is, you know, when he was talking about Napster and all that stuff, everybody's like, he was oh, right. blah, 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 blah. He's, he was right. He was right. Yeah. Like, those guys are so what was it 900 million records or something like that you don't do that by not being good and smart and you know they are excellent band and very smart but the black album like you know i was into master puppets and Friday lightning and all that stuff but i was pretty young when injustice for all came out i used to fall asleep to that record Wow. And then the Black Album came out, and it was just a game changer for, for metal, for heavy music all across the board. I mean, legends. There are legends, and, and there's a reason why. I mean, that Black Album, it's a Def Leppard Hysteria record. There's not a bad <laughs> song on it. No, and not to make you feel old, but dude, that album turns 30 this summer. That's weird. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> Of the fetus when uh, Master Rhodes came out. <laughs> when you're at that show in your mom's belly. Not to make you feel weird, but Jason Neistat's been out of the band 20 years this year. I know. I was talking about that the other day on the show, saying that, that exact fact. And it's weird that he only had two songwriting credits in his whole time in, with the band. Only on uh, Blackened and uh, My Friend Misery. 
Yep. Yeah, he's an incredible bass player. Like, have you, I'm sure you've been a Metallica fan. You've heard Injustice for All with the bass turned on. <laughs> yes. Why would they turn it off? He's inc- I mean, he's an amazing bass player. It's like, listen to that. It was outrageously good. Him being out of the band 20 years, it's just hard to even, it's like, whoa, what happened? What do you mean 20 years ago? That's insane. Yeah, he's he's the new guy, all right? I mean, can't be that long, but, and since it's mandatory Metallica, pick a Metallica tune for us to play on the radio. Is it any Metallica tune? Any Metallica tune, bro. You pick it. Uh, Blackened. I love that song. I think not easy to play either. It's the weirdest rhythm. Like I remember being a kid and trying to play it. I was like, this rhythm is messing me up and throwing my guitar down. That was Newstead's contribution to the band was Blackened. Love it. Last one for you, Marty. And since we're having some fun talking uh, uh, music and influences and stuff. So Metallica is really kind of, even though that, that album came out in the 90s, they're really kind of more looked at as, as an 80s band in retrospect. Yeah. And the, I want to go into the 90s bands and, and the bands that ruled the 90s and rock radio and the arenas at that time, aside from Metallica, generally out of the uh, Seattle area, not exclusively, but for what I lovingly call the Flannel Five. Right. And Love I'm, them all. Uh, I'm curious. You got to pick one. I need to know your numero. Alice and James. Alice and James. <laughs> I didn't even have to get Alice out the list. Done. They're my favorite, too. But tell me why you love them. The harmonies, right? Um, harmonies and just that, uh, just there was a darker side to them. It sounded, even though it was beautiful and there was moments that were huge and beautiful, there was this dark side to them that you knew that somebody was wildly tortured in that band. And I remember on Christmas, I got a jam box for Christmas and I got the Dirt record. And I didn't even and open the rest of my presents. I just took my little gray jam box and went upstairs and listened to the Dirt record probably 300 times and never came down and just thought it was the weirdest most beautiful, scary, creepy, magical record that I'd ever heard. And in the harmonies, it was like, these guys are, this is something different. This is something, it was, a, it was its own thing. Amen. And the guitar riffs are just, guitar riffs are outrageous and, and, and weird and interesting. And, and, and then those vocals together, it was just like, well, nobody sounds like this. You know, there's been some bands kind of sound like that afterwards, but they're the Leonard Skinner of our generation. <laughs> you know, and, and we were talking earlier about Newstead. Talk about a replacement member, William Duvall. I love what he's done and brought it to the band. And they're almost a little bit sludgier now with that extra guitar in there. Some of those newer riffs, yeah. super sludgy. I love it. What was the song that where it sounded like uh, I read an interview and I forget what magazine it was where he said he wrote the guitar riff when he was in the shower listening to a weed eater. <laughs> What is it? it was like their first single when uh, came Stone. Back. I think it's called Stone. It was so cool. And he just, what a great singer. Um, see, like we hung around a lot in Atlanta um, and we knew him. And he was a, this great singer that everybody talked about in Atlanta. And then I remember my friend called me. He's like, he got the gig. He got the gig. Um, and then they came back and was just like, oh, they're just as cool as they ever were. Yeah. Uh, the songwriting songwriting's just as cool. And, and I mean, Jerry Cantrell, he's, he's no slouch on the vocals either. No, that's what you don't realize. I never realized, I guess, the first incarnation, but how much singing he really does, man. He does a ton of singing. Yep, he's got a great voice. And it was just, like I said, it was their own thing. Um, and they just, just like Leonard Skinner, they stood the test of time and, and are always welcome on the radio. And anytime an Allison Chains song comes on, I turn it on and, and, and turn it up and, and sing along. Well, let me bug you to pick one Alice in Chains tune for us to play on the radio. What what song would you like to hear from Alice in Chains on the radio? Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, I think 
probably um, okay. So there's so many. Um, it's got to be off the dirt record. I would say down in the hole. Down in a hole. There we go. Love that tune. That's one of those creepy, eerie tunes. But beautiful, though. Yeah. Yeah, but beautiful at the same and time. Magic, beautiful moments. Where it's just like you just you just feel like there's bugs crawling on you, and you're. I, mean, I hate to say it, but you can feel that someone was addicted to heroin right in the throes of it during that record. Dude, Marty, it has been a blast talking to you. I thank you so much for the time. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks, Marty. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.